Hello again, Tom Walker, MassAC Unit 1, and we are here recording episode 15 of our district podcast. Today is Thursday, May 14th, 2020. Uh, it is another nice day, kind of a bit of a break in the rain finally, and we are just going to uh, bring this podcast to you to discuss some uh, potential school plans uh, moving forward for the 2021 school year and just uh, some other uh, things that are currently out on the table uh, as far as our summer is concerned. And once again, I'm joined by our superintendent, Jason Hayes. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, we're just here to kind of uh, try to um, clarify any of the uh, miscommunication that's going around. There's a lot of stuff floating around on social media uh, because of everything that's going on, and we just want to clarify what we know right now which is subject to change given the circumstances that we're under. Um, everything seems to be changing. Uh, well, it's a little slower now, I guess. It was daily, uh, but now it seems to be more Yeah, like we get a little bit of a reprieve it, almost. Yeah, so it's slowing down a little bit, and we're, and we're seeing more and more hopeful signs of uh, all this letting up. And so I'd like to start by saying, uh, whatever, despite whatever you're hearing or you will hear, uh, because we will discuss other plans, but uh, for right now, we all expect to be back in school in the fall on a normal date. Um, and our calendar is posted on the massac.org website. It's approved, and that's what we're sticking with for now. Uh, the start date is August 10th for teachers, and August 12th would be the first day for students. And that is what we're planning on, and that is absolutely what we expect right now. Despite what you may be hearing, there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of uncertainty out there, and I know the state board and the governor keep saying, you know, just be prepared. But I think the the way this works is we're all hoping for the best, and we're all expecting to be back in normal session. But we're preparing for the worst just so that we're not caught like we were in May, or excuse me, March, uh, with uh, an unexpected school closing and trying to figure this out. So we're going to plan as if uh, we may have to do that again, but we thoroughly expect to be back in school and having normal school in August. Yeah, so, you know, to kind of, you know, reiterate that point, that's our plan. Um, you know, we, we have an approved calendar, and we are hoping that that is going to be uh, what happens. Um, but we do have contingency plans in place, uh, just in case, and we're going to kind of dive in just a little bit on that. I uh, don't want to get into too much detail, um, mainly because we're trying to remain hopeful and that our plan is that we uh, come back uh, August the 10th meet as a staff and our students meet um, at the first day would be August the 12th. So um, do you want to talk about some of these other options yeah, that we are having uh, to consider? Before we get into those, let's just kind of uh, reiterate where we're at. So right now we're under uh, the executive order, right? That's through uh, May 30th, right, Tom? I yes, believe it's through yeah, May 30th. May 30th. So uh, I know there's a lot of talk on uh, social media, and uh, I've read the threads from the sheriff and the state's attorney. Um, and I, you know, despite uh, my agreement with what they're saying, uh, we are a slightly different scenario. We're not a public business or a church or, or things like that. So we are under direct uh, rule uh, from the State Board of Education. So if the State Board of Education tells us we can't have school, we can't have school. It's not really a question of constitutionality. Uh, they do have the right to do that, unfortunately, under the school code and law, so we have to listen to that. So uh, it is a little different. I mean, I, I understand the viewpoints that are out there, and uh, there are questions being raised in the state Supreme Courts now questioning these executive orders and their constitutionality. I get that. Uh, but even uh, without those, the Illinois State Board of Education does govern the local schools, and we do have to listen to them. Uh, 
and they do control our funding. And I've, I've well, we've mentioned this several times, but we get two thirds of our budget from the state of Illinois uh, and uh, the federal government, and all the federal money flows through the state. So really, sixty five percent of our budget annually comes from the state. So. Right. And those directives were given from the Illinois State Board of Education, and we, we cannot circumvent those, um, you know, or we, you know, could end up in a whole lot of other, uh, you know, unwarranted issues. Um, you know, funding aside, it just would not be good. So we, we do have to follow their directives, and that's kind of where we stand with that right now. And that, the only reason I bring that up is not to get into some kind of debate or anything like that, but... Uh, you know, there, there have been people questioning, well, you know, hey, they're talking about having churches again, you know, church services, they're talking about doing this, and uh, why don't you just go ahead and have graduation and stuff? Well, all that is still out for us until I, um, until the uh, State Board of Education allows it. And so uh, it is a little bit different. Uh, so, you know, despite what things are, you know, may be occurring locally, and I, I certainly hope things start opening up like that myself, but... Um, uh, we have to continue to listen to the State Board of Education. So just know that there is a difference there, and I just wanted to point that out. And right now, all school activities are suspended through May 30th. Uh, the IHSA um, and uh, other uh, governing bodies of the uh, athletics and extracurriculars have suspended all summer contact days and everything until further notice. So everything pretty much is off. Uh, but uh, there is a chance that some of that may come back in June or July. We're still waiting to see. Uh, but through May, definitely it's out, and we don't really have any control of that. So I just wanted to kind of point that out. Um, not to, you know, We're not trying to weigh in on either side of the debate that's going on uh, with the constitutionality of the executive orders. We just we fall under a separate governs from the State Board of Education. So we have to listen to them. So just know that uh, we are kind of separate. And there have been some questions that have arisen from that. So but that's kind of where we stand with that. So as far as this year goes, that's where we're at. We're, we're, we're under those directives. And um, quite frankly, there's not a whole lot we can do about it other than just, you know, kind of um, follow along and just kind of see what the next issue of guidance is for us and, and what we need to do. Um, but that being said, um, we are planning uh, to come back normally in August. Um, that's that's kind of first and foremost in, in our minds. But we do have some other options mm-hmm. kind of on the table um, that we have to consider. And I um, think uh, the governor even said that uh, it's possible that our region may uh, enter into phase three uh, on May 30th. Uh, uh, and we have to get, I believe, help me out here, Tom, I think we have to get to phase four in order to get back in school, yeah, I believe or phase that the Restore Illinois plan. I believe it was phase four. There is for there schools. is a five phase plan that the governor put out, and uh, and it is by region, uh, and so it's not for the you know whole state, which is nice because we are quite different than Chicago, and I believe um, if we get to phase three at the end of May. I am uh, very hopeful that uh, we'll be able to get back in school uh, at our normal start time because I believe this thing will continue to uh, have positive results. We'll, we'll see. Uh, others obviously believe otherwise, and I don't think that anybody knows at this point. I think it's all based on computer models and guessing at this point, um, which those models to me remind me of those weather models that they use to predict the weather. So uh, I don't know that anybody is really certain about anything right now, but I think we're uh, we're safe to uh, to expect to be back on, in our normal session at our normal start time. And if we're not, we do have these plans that Tom's talking about uh, to uh, basically just to be prepared, just in case. And we won't dive in, 
you know, too much on those. Uh, we do have some backup options, if you will, that we are considering that, you know, are uh, somewhat similar to, you know, what we've already been doing. Um, so, uh, yeah, then the way I see it, um, and this is not coming from me, but we're listening to all of the experts around the state and uh, the possibility uh, seems it seems to that exists that there are three possibilities for start times. So as we stated, we're expecting to start on time, which is uh, August 10th. However, uh, there are two other options we're hearing that are viable options potentially out there. So we're going to be prepared just in case. Again, we expect to start on time, but there is a late start option we're hearing about. And I think the reason you're hearing a lot about that is um, from what I've learned or gathered, a lot of schools up north in uh, the Chicago area and probably, I guess, even the suburban area um, start after Labor Day every year. So they have later starts for whatever reason. And so there, there was talk from the governor's office in ISBE that there could be just a late start uh, requirement for everybody. Yeah, so, statewide. Yeah, yeah, statewide would start after Labor Day, which really wouldn't be um, that negative of an impact other than it would delay our start by another couple weeks. Uh, and we've already had a long time out of school. So that, that's the only concern there. Uh, but if we did have a late start, that wouldn't be the end of the world. However, we are planning on starting on time. And then there's also um, thoughts that we could start on time and then be prepared for remote learning for intermittent closures uh, due to spikes or uh, you know returns of the virus in the fall. And then that's something that a lot of people are, are uh, predicting that could happen. So uh, that's another option. So really, we're either going to start on time, we'll have a late start, or we'll start on time, and then maybe have some intermittent closures, uh, which would be similar to, probably similar to uh, flu closures that some schools have, or lengthy snow days, or for us, it'd be similar to probably our flood days, or our ice storm days. We would be, uh, <laughs> we could probably liken it to that. Uh, but uh, so, three options for starting. Again, we expect to start on time, and our calendar still is online, posted, and approved, and that's what we're going with for now. And of course, if any of this changes, if we hear something later on, we'll come back and update you. Uh, so, but those are the three options for start times. So again, we're uh, we're very hopeful, and that's about all we can do right now is just remain hopeful that we were able to start on our normal uh, time in August. Um, but we do have those contingency plans in place just in case because we don't know. Um, again, we, you know, for, for where we're at now, we're under directives from the Illinois State Board of Education, and uh, we just kind of have to uh, follow along mm -hmm. with that. And, and we'll just, you know, hopefully um, be able, as, as time goes on, um, get more ideas and the clarification as to what we can expect in the fall. Um, but our hope is to start on time. So. Yeah, and I think we will know probably by June of, or at the latest July what's what's going to happen. But uh, we will definitely update you as soon as we know. Uh, but within that, uh, regardless of when we start, um, there are some some options there as well. And again, we expect to be back to normal, uh, what they are calling in-person instruction, but uh, we call normal school. Uh, so that's what we expect to do, and that's what we hope to do, and that's the best option, obviously. Uh, there's also an option where we start out doing some more remote learning, um, which is a possibility. Uh, we do not expect to do that, but we're going to plan just in case so we have that. And uh, the, the good news about that is we have been able, there are grant monies out there that are starting to flow, so we have been able to purchase some more uh, student Chromebooks, and we might be able to have more availability for Internet access to make that remote learning better than it was. Obviously, uh, it was not as good, and I don't think it'll ever be as good as in-person instruction 
in my opinion, I think you need that interaction, that person-to-person interaction. That's just my personal opinion. But um, it will be better. And w- Tom and I are looking at other options for improving uh, Internet access throughout the uh, district and especially in some of those areas that do not have uh, adequate bandwidth. And so a lot of that will improve. And you're hearing more and more from the government uh, talking about infrastructure for uh, connectivity. So I think uh, those things will improve. And if we have to use remote learning more in the future, it may not improve drastically before August, but I think uh, as we move forward, it'll improve. And so that remote learning option will be better than it was uh, this spring. And then, of course, the other option that you're hearing some about and you're going to hear more about is the possibility of a hybrid uh, type scenario, which would only be the case, and I think it's unlikely um, given the circumstances, but it would only be the case if there were certain capacity limits on how many people could be in a building. So, for example, right now, uh, you know, under the executive order, we're supposed to have 10 or less uh, within a, in a gathering or a building. Uh, if for some reason it was upped to say 100 or 150, uh, we could have school is what they're saying, uh, but you couldn't have regular school because most of our schools have more than that uh, when you have all the students there and all the teachers. So what they're saying is you might look at some kind of hybrid where you have in-person learning for a few days a week for one group and then remote learning for the other days while the second group comes in and has in-person learning. It would look similar to a college schedule for those of you who've been to college where you have Monday, Wednesday, Friday classes, Tuesday, Thursday classes, something like that. Again, we don't, we don't expect to have to do that, uh, but you're hearing, uh, we are hearing the possibility of something like that. So we're going to make some plans and you're going to hear us talk about that probably a little bit more if you watch any of the board meetings or some of the discussions that we have, but uh, that is not an expectation we have. But again, if we have to do something like that, we don't want to be unprepared. We want to have a plan in place for that. So we're we're already talking about what that would look like, how we would divide up um, students and keep them six feet apart and have a a limited capacity of adults and students in our building. So that would be that hybrid version. Again, we expect to be back to normal and just have regular school. And that's what we want to do. Uh, but you're going to hear more about some of these other plans just so that we can be prepared and we're not caught at the last minute trying to... Uh, we're not trying to scramble. Yeah, basically. kind of like we were in March. Yeah. So that's, that's all, and I just want to kind of prepare you for that. So if you're hearing that, that doesn't mean that's going to happen. In fact, I think the likelihood of that hybrid model uh, happening is very slim in my mind. But again, it could happen. Stranger things have happened with this, this whole uh, quarantine yeah, We didn't thing. think we'd be out for... As long as we have been already, yeah, so I, here we are. <laughs> you know, if you would have told me this would have happened back even in January when we knew the virus was out there, uh, I would have thought you were crazy. So obviously um, anything could happen, and we're going to try to be prepared or at least more prepared for it. But uh, for, the, for, the, for the most part, we are expecting to get back to school, and I think uh, that's what we're going to keep telling everybody. Uh, and I hope, I'm very hopeful that as things start opening up, uh, we will be able to do that uh, this fall. Um, but that's that's basically our plans. Again, we're hopeful that we're back regular on time in August. Um, but we did want to touch on some of the other plans and options out there. Um, was there anything else that we had to uh, discuss today? Um, no, I think I uh, just wanted to reiterate some of the meal plans. We are ending our meal delivery system this week. Uh, however, there are some other groups that are going to be picking it up in june i've i've heard so there are some other options that are going to be available for families and and our students of our meal plan was simply designed and uh, 
approved to get us through the end of the school year. And uh, Friday, May 15th, is the last day of official school this year because we didn't take spring break. So our meal delivery system will end Friday. That'll be the last day for it. But as of right now, we have already delivered 58,000, almost 500 student meals since, uh, what was it, March 20th, I think was the first day. So of our staff, volunteers, our cooks, our bus drivers uh, have been doing a tremendous job. And that's a lot of meals. Um, It's just an unbelievable amount. And I'd like to to kind of spotlight Marlene Clapp, if I could, our food service coordinator, who's done an amazing job with this and kind of coordinating this. And and really all of our cooks who have been working uh, this whole time um, have figured out how to make this happen. I, and I don't have to tell everybody this, but I, I think it's it's a given that preparing meals and to-go boxes and to-go containers is not as easy as uh, we do on a normal basis, dipping it on trays. And uh, there's a lot more in the prep side that has to go into this. Uh, and then, of course, in the delivery side. And I think they've done a great job. So I'd just like to uh, send a shout-out to our cooks and our staff volunteers and our bus drivers who have been doing this. Again, tomorrow's the last day for it, uh, but we hope that other organizations will be picking up the charge there in lieu of our delivery service. And we'll make sure to, as other organizations pick it up, we'll try to share that information out uh, through our own social media channels. Yeah, I think we can post that too. I don't have all of the uh, actual specifics on it yet, but I know some of the the after-school programs plan on uh, delivering some meals in June, and I think there's some other groups that are going to be doing some things there too. Um, but so again, when that's all said and done for us, uh, again, it would be our last day of delivery, uh, meal delivery service is tomorrow, Friday, May 15th, and that will have uh, hit uh, like 60,000 meals. So mm-hmm. it's uh, pretty incredible. Yeah, it's uh, just a pretty remarkable uh, feat. Uh, and this is something that we aren't designed to do or uh, we weren't prepared to do. And these cooks threw this together in a matter of a couple of days and have been doing it uh, since. March 20th uh, without, I guess we took Good Friday off. It was the only day, uh, only weekday we took off. And they've just been uh, preparing these meals and uh, getting this stuff out to the the community. And we really thank them for doing that. And it's not really part of their normal job description, but they they didn't bat an eye. They figured it out and did it. So I thought that was pretty amazing. We're very lucky to have the staff that we have, uh, especially during times like this. And uh, yeah, again, we really appreciate everyone's work with uh, with that, and and not only that, just our um, you know our quick transition to this remote hybrid learning that we had to do, and you know we've we've tried to stay in touch with as many students as we possibly could, and you know just to kind of keep those relationships going as best we could without seeing you know each student every day, um, you know it certainly is challenging, but. Uh, we, we are very grateful to our staff for, for keeping those positive things going. And uh, and hopefully we'll be back uh, full swing normally in August without... Yeah, I'm going to say we are. We're going to do this and we're going to get back to normal and hopefully they won't have to listen to us talk anymore. <laughs> oh, no, we're still going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> you think so? <laughs> our, our viewer, our listener participation is going to go way down. <laughs> uh well, um, I believe that's all we had to discuss today. So, um, again, thank you for, for everything. Thank you for kind of uh, working with us as we made this transition um, and, and everybody involved. We really appreciate it. And we will keep you posted as what it looks like for the 2020-21 uh, school year. 
And uh, we're just going to remain hopeful and uh, stay positive. And uh, we will revisit this uh, here in a few days. Yep. Thanks a lot.